This is chapter 19 of The War on Waste Paradox by Len Bertain, read by Len Bertain. We worked on our presentation during the rest of the week and over the weekend. On Monday morning, everybody was really excited about the presentations, and there was a certain amount of competition among all the classes and all the teams. We were called up first in the random draw. Mr. Grimes and Mr. Thompson, the banker, were in their seats raring to go. As we agreed, Gus and Tony and the three other members of their team would go first. They wanted to give the part of the presentation on the ball lock system and how it had been working. Tony began, We have the first presentation of the day, and as you'll find out, we're going to be the best. My good friend and associate here is going to have to give you the facts and the very successful implementation of the ball lock system. It serves as the basis of how we're going to make this new enhanced pump system the most successful product introduced in the history of this company. Tony introduced Gus, who wasn't as comfortable as Tony but got over his initial butterflies and began his presentation. In the last week, we did 40 setups on the 17 machines that we converted to the ball lock system. Mr. Thompson was not bashful and asked Gus to explain how a ball lock worked. Gus was really great. He walked back to Mr. Thompson and in just a few minutes explained his operation clearly and succinctly to him. He continued, for jobs that have to be converted to use the ball lock system, no setup was over two hours. We averaged about an hour for the 40 setups. For those same jobs, before the system was installed, the average setup was over five hours. The other members of the team went over the details of how they were going to track the progress and report on the completion of the ball locks on the rest of the machines. Gus and Tony and their team sat down. They had presented their material on overhead transparencies that they had actually made themselves. During the training, they had learned to use an Apple Macintosh computer to prepare their slides, and I was up next. I went over the new product design with Frank and Bonnie as support. We discussed that we're going to make the new product in a cell discussed in class. Over the weekend, the machines had been moved into position and the cell was ready for production. We explained the waste eliminated during the, due to production manufacturing products in the cell arrangements and how much really waste it really took care of. We felt that we could integrate the assembly operation right into the cell. The assembly crew was going to discuss the specifics of the assembly part of the operation in their presentation. We included an overview of what the completed cell might look like. We calculated that the machine capacity would allow us to make one of the new pumps every six minutes. Roland got up and went over the implications of that capability. He felt this would improve his potential to capture some big clients. If we could manufacture the product at the rate that we were projecting, we would easily be a dominant mark be in a dominant market position. One of the problems we anticipated was slack time in the demand for the new product. Did we make the product for finished inventory 
or wait for orders. We figured we would be creating significant inventory costs for the company if we made the products to fill an uncertain forecast. Roland said that if we had the capacity we were projecting, the sales department could handle the logistics of getting products to customers. As we ended our presentation, Mr. Thompson clapped enthusiastically. I gathered from some of his comments that he was going to be able to relax a little concerning the loan obligation of Quality Pump. I could see why Mr. Grimes had him attend. After the, other, after the other two teams made their presentation, Mr. Grimes asked to address the class. Ladies and gentlemen, I am impressed. You all such a, did such a fine job that it will be difficult to decide a winner. But we will come to some conclusion. I can see how this process can turn around an organization quickly. We have a few minutes. Let's talk about one of my problems. I would be interested in your input. Everyone looked around the room. We were now getting the into the banker's business. And that was interesting. Dr. LB indicated that this process worked at banks, insurance companies, hospitals, and all kinds of companies. So this might be fun. Here's a problem. It takes me three weeks to process loans at the bank. What do I do? Buck was in the back. He paced whenever he got excited about something, and he said, Mr. Thompson, we can do exactly what we did here. First, define what adds value in your bank's services. Once you know what you do to add value, then you find all the wastes, and you cost them out. You figure out who adds value, and you look at different solutions. First, you have to find out what you do to add value. Mr. Thompson responded, okay, I can follow that. There's waste in waiting for documents. There's waste in waiting for signatures. There's waste in waiting for the loan applicant to get the loan papers to us. We didn't have much time, but we figured out that they wasted a lot of time getting the loan documents all prepared. They waited until the, all the documents were in a little binder before starting to process the loan. As we progressed in a few minutes, we agreed that the value was only delivered by those officers who signed the documents. Actually, Mr. Thompson seemed to be having fun. At the end of the day, he might even get a problem solved. He had written all the information on the flip chart and was going to expand it. We made our presentations and helped a bank exec executive rethink his business. Class ended. Mr. Grimes and Mr. Thompson were going to have a busy day. They had to listen to three presentations per class. The class with the assemblers had figured out a way to ensure that they would never run out of nuts and bolts and little stuff that keeps from orders from getting out on the floor. They worked with John Alphonse to use the MRP system to set up primary storage location for the parts out on the shop floor. The secondary locations were going to be the central stores. As I understood their plan, they were going to use Kanban boxes to signal the need for an empty container. When they needed to fill the box, the assemblers would put it on the top of the rack. A runner was going to take it over to stores and fill it. John Alphonse figured out that the Kanban box would have a card on it. 
the card would have all the information on the parts in the box. When the box was empty, the card would be fed into the MRP system to tell it that the primary location had consumed one bin of goodies. That might be 25 items or 100 units or 1,000 units, depending upon the part. Nuts and bolts were going to be weighed. They would use the scale in stores to weigh the right amount of bolts and nuts when the box was empty. That would be fed into the system and the store's inventory would be adjusted. John initially was really proud of what he was able to contribute. From what we had heard about John and the people from Assembly, they had given a great presentation. John was able to make the MRP system serve our needs in the factory. We no longer were serving him. We were now the point of control. That's the end of part one of chapter 19. See you in part two.